Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome a very, very special guest who is all about impact and leadership on a global level. I'm going to read her direct biography here first, but then I want to share a little bit of personal uh, story in connection with Sylvia Becker Hill. German Renaissance woman, painting artist, executive coach, women's empowerment mentor, juicy life leader, academy founder, international creativity teacher, international best-selling author, edutaining stage sensation, businesswoman for over 22 years with clients in over 18 countries, is intent upon dismantling the patriarchy in the minds and hearts of her clients, inspiring them to evolve into leaders who create a gender equality-based world that works for everyone. Her core motto, let love lead always. And so I have a very long personal relationship with Sylvia. Once upon a time, she followed me when I I had a different name and a different life and a different way of being in the world. And, uh, and then we ended up together as colleagues in organization where we were in a training program together. And we have just danced together back and forth over time and space for many, many years. And the last time I actually saw her in person, Sylvia and I went running out into the streets of Cincinnati, like just laughing and giddy and having fun and being girlfriends and doing a spontaneous photo shoot. She's an artist, I'm an artist. So we were taking pictures of each other and that spontaneous photo shoot, I have to share with you listeners, the badge, the show badge for Wickedly Smart Women is actually uh, Sylvia's original photography of me. And so to have you here today, Sylvia, especially since the last time we were together, we shared a hotel room and you left me rose petal hearts on my side of the bed is such an honor and such a pleasure and so much has changed and you have grown and evolved and, and flourished so much since then. So welcome to the show. Oh, sweetheart, I'm choking up right now with these beautiful memories. And I didn't know till today that you chose one of those photos. So I'm so grateful and honored to be here and inspire your audience. Mm, well, you know, one of the things that I am just really delighted to be witness to is how you have managed to do a few things, really important things that I, I feel are important for us to really presence for our listeners. One is you actually grew up in a very patriarchal culture and mindset and spent many years of your life, just like I did, what I will call highly masculinized, 
right? And there was a high dependency upon your brain and your intellect and your capacity to control and to use your intellect to succeed and to, to come up to a very high level of impact globally. And then some things shifted for you. And so I really would love us to dive into the story there, because I think that's a really brilliant. great place to start. You're brilliant. Yes. So I grew up in Germany with parents and grandparents in the same house as a single child. And all the four adults had PTSD, post-traumatic stress uh, disorder from the Second World War, which obviously as a child, I didn't know and didn't understand. But that is the context in which I grew up. And the house was built, German engineered, with thick walls. And it was quite dark because every early evening, the shutters went down. And it was this um, kind of space where I the little angel falling into this family, I became systemically the sunshine of these four adults. And they were living through me. So any kind of therapist or psychologist listening here, that you already know what that means. It, it's heavy. So there's a strong duty to make them happy. And the emotions in that house were quite overwhelming for my little body and my small brain and being young. So I learned very early subconsciously without intentionally doing that to cut my mind from the rest of my body and my heart. And I uh, had also genetically maybe some talent, some intelligence from other grandfathers. I was always the best in class, best in school. So I was reading books like other people eat food. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, whenever you would have seen me, I was carrying books, I was sitting on books, I was reading books, I was throwing books. So I became a bit like this Hermione from Harry Potter, the know-it-all, intellectually too early grown up, little girl in a small body, but with this big fat brain. And even though it gave me a lot of attention, obviously, which some people would say, well, this is what we're always seeking. We are seeking attention. Only in my late 20s, finally, start, I start to realize how much I have hurt myself mm. by cutting off my brain, literally my mind, from my body and my heart. Mm. And there were two triggers which broke through that kind of barrier between my head and my body. First was a biological hormonal change when after I got married with my husband Peter, a few years into it, uh, we decided to become parents and I became a mother. And literally the first pregnancy was for me a life-changing transformational experience because I was at that time already into neuroscience, very interested how the brain works from a very male left brain intellectual perspective. And to my shock, no one had ever warned me about that. In front of my researcher's eyes, I started to change and with a speed and to a depth I didn't even know is possible because of the hormonal changes. My value system, the order, the hierarchy of my values, my priorities, my focus, everything changed because of these hormonal biological changes. That opened up for me the awareness to bowing my head in humbleness in front of my own body. 
which I didn't do before. Before that, I was all about the mind, the mind, the mind, intellect. I was worshipping the human intellect. I had two university degrees. I had certifications. I could plaster two, three big walls with all the certificate plagues and certification papers. And suddenly I realized there is a power I had suppressed most of my life. Mm-hmm. And also, parallel to that, having gone through a few years of deep, transformational self-work around gender, around partnership, around relationships, being finally able to love someone, love my husband unconditionally, that broke my heart open in a way which, again, my mind previously didn't want me to do out of the fear, which I experienced as a young girl, that the emotions I might sense and feel would be overwhelming, would dis- literally destroy me. Yeah. So these, these were like these historical first triggers in my late 20s, early, early 30s. Mm, beautiful. Shall I go? Well, yeah. So what, so what I want to do here is I want to do a couple of things. I just want to really presence for our listeners. First, that you were very much in your head, intellectually bound, bound, we'll just call it bound. And it was bound by your family, bound by your country, bound by the culture of your country, bound by Western civilization's way of functioning and bound essentially by the patriarchal structures, you know, when we get to the meta level. And the second thing I really want to presence is the rite of passage that happened when you gave birth, which literally activated at the hormonal level, but also at the spiritual level, an awakening of some sort, which, you know, obviously made you come to at least an initial understanding that, oh, there's more, there's more than just this, this heady stuff. So where I want to go next, Sylvia, is I really would love to talk about because I've, I've watched you over the years and I've watched myself and I had a very similar childhood. You know, I was a book, you know, my mother would say, oh, your nose is always in a book, right? Because some part of me believed that if I learned enough, if I was smart enough, if I was the A student, you know, same thing, that everything would be okay, right? That there was some kind of safety in that that was very difficult even when i had my awakening it was very difficult to start the dismantlement process and so i'd love to have you kind of fast forward from your first moment of awakening to maybe a couple years ago because there's been even more of a shift in you in the last year but maybe from your awakening to maybe a couple years ago when we were in cincinnati where there was even though we wake up there's this whole process that we have to go through of continually shedding and dismantling. So if you could speak a little bit about yes. you know, some of the things that you experienced and did for yourself to keep coming back to the body and dismantling this mental yes. structure. So there are two, three points I would like to make so that the listener is aware what we are talking about. And because in our society, in the patriarchal culture, we are trained to think in a very linear logic. Everything processes linear and things are black and white, either or. 
and awakening and transformation doesn't work linear and it's not black or white so the whole process of awakening is still going on and it's it's a process over decades and even before i had this kind of emotional and hormonal awakening intellectually i was studying philosophy i was studying gender studies so intellectually i was further ahead than my embodiment my body had caught up so there are not only there's a time perspective which is not linear we also are all multi-dimensional beings so we we exist emotionally intellectually and uh, spiritually and in the field and whatever your belief system is we, we have multiple dimensions and so the awakening is not happening on all those levels simultaneously so for me i think another awakening year was the election here in the united states in 2016 and without going into the details of politics, I want to share it from a personal woman's perspective. I remember very well the Wednesday morning after that, waking up and being crawled like an embryo in my bed, feeling stiff, shaking slightly and crying. And my husband woke obviously up because of that and opened his arm and I rolled under his blanket and, and sobbed. And he asked me, honey, what's going on? And I authentically from the depths of my belly, I said, honey, I'm not sure if we can stay living in the United States. I, as a woman, don't feel safe any longer here. Mm. And what that means beyond politics is an awakening as a woman to realize how the environment, how systems and structures, law, access to resources, institutions, banks, how products we buy, how the whole society is wired in a way that is either supporting us or hindering us. Mm. So for me, it was an awakening which also politicized me, which for a few years made me focus when I talk about leadership, make me focus on women mm. and leadership mm. because there is a collectiveness, a collective yearning for us women to step into our power. And there is a reason why we both, we are meeting always in this kind of political hot moments. Like today recording this, the Senate uh, was just uh, won by the Democrats. For me, there is, when we look into the world, the world for me is always a mirror reflection of what is collectively going on. I agree. I agree. Let's take a deep breath. Yeah, let's listener. take a deep breath because we are actually already at the break and we are going to talk more when we come back from the break about leadership in particular and more specifically about what you have done for yourself as far as evolving into greater self-leadership and also evolving into supporting other women to step into their uh, leadership. But right now we are going to take a short break and we are going to say to you listeners, we need your help. If you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wakelysmartwomen.com. When you get to that page, we also have an opportunity for you to opt in there to our mailing list and we will send you links to be part of our Facebook community, which we are building out uh, in the years ahead. And also you'll have access to our store. We are opening up a store where we're going to have some fun products and yeah, things that you can use to proudly proclaim that you are a wickedly smart woman, a member of the wickedly smart women community. And uh, we'd love to have you also share with your 
lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are now in 57 countries. We just uh, landed on the charts in Hong Kong when um, I looked the last time at number 12 in entrepreneurship in Hong Kong. So we hit the charts in Hong Kong immediately at number 12. So that's something to celebrate. So we're going to shout out to our listeners in Hong Kong. And also our listeners, we might as well shout out to your fatherland, Germany. And we will also shout out to, uh, let's shout out to the United States of America, because I think it's a good idea for us to shout out to this country as well. And we will be right back with Sylvia Becker Hill. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by The Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, The Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Sylvia Becker-Hill. Before we went to the break, we were talking about leadership and about evolving in leadership and also evolving in our spiritual awakening and evolving past old conditioning. And so I want to let you know where you can actually directly connect with Sylvia and find out more about what she has going on in her world. You can go to juicylifeleader.com forward slash compass and we will have that for you in the show notes. And tell us, Sylvia, what will our lovely listeners find when they get to the compass? I love the metaphor of a compass because it's a simple tool which shows you where your true north is. And right now with the so-called VUCA world, a world which is volatile, uncertain, chaotic and ambiguous, leaders are often lost and overwhelmed. Where the heck shall I go? Which direction to go? Values are questions. The importance of things is questioned. The hierarchy of what we have been taught, what is important, everything is questioned right now. So the compass is an ebook which includes a self-assessment, a series of 21 questions, which it's not about passing a test. It's about reflecting in 21 different areas of your life as a leader, where I show you how the patriarchy has taught you how to operate, to think, feel, and be, and how the current evolutionary trends show us where we are heading towards to. And you can evaluate literally and for these 21 categories regarding, for example, goal setting or how you manage teams or how you manage yourself or your private life. You get in the end a compass rose which shows you exactly how deeply steep you're still rooted in the patriarchy or in which areas you are already a trendsetter and have evolved out into the future, which will be a gender partnership, diversity and inclusion society, because this is a cool thing about evolution. 
It's not handmade. It's not made by us. Evolution follows a principle to support that, which is the most sustainable solution for the biggest majority involved. Beautiful. And for the complex global problems like climate crisis, migration waves, etc., we need diversity and inclusion. So the Compass is an ebook, a self-development tool you can use regularly, and it comes with access to monthly free training, so you can learn how to make the most out of it. Yeah, so I want to talk about Juicy Life Leader <laughs> because um, you said a compass rose, which is beautiful. So part of what I've seen happen for you, specifically through the pandemic, which for anybody who's been actively engaged in spiritual awakening, evolutionary processes, uh, you know, personal growth and development, the pandemic was in many cases a really powerful portal through which we were able to concentrate our power and make the significant leaps, quantum leaps into our highest line of destiny is how I see it. And one of the things that emerged for you was you really stood into embodying your artist and incorporating the artistry fully into your own juicy life. And so I'd love to have you speak a little bit about that journey. And what do you define as a juicy life leader? And not everyone's going to do it through art. But in your case, you did. And your art is phenomenal. Let me just say that as well. And hopefully you'll have links on your site for people to be able to access your <laughs> art too. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. Yeah, so for me, the horrendous pandemic in its core had also a gift for me, which was a lockdown. Because before the pandemic and the lockdown, I was as a public speaker and executive coach literally traveling around the world. I have, uh, I'm not sure the exact number of miles, but it was over 24 times I circulated around the whole globe. And it's quite exhausting and very time consuming, just the traveling. So suddenly I had this huge amount of time at hand, at home. And already four years ago, my beloved husband turned in our garden a children's chat playhouse into a tiny art studio. And so during the lockdown and with the support of a wonderful teaching mentor, I want to acknowledge here, Shaila Sophia, reconnected with the dream I had as a teenage girl. As a teenage girl, I wanted to study art. But as a good German daughter and believing at the time with art, you can't make a living and it's crazy and it's for only bohemian crazy people, I followed my parents' advice and didn't study art. So for me, the lockdown gave me the gift to reconnect not only with a childhood dream, but discover the power of creativity. So for me now with my clients, it's not about painting or drawing pretty pictures. It's about using intentional creativity in which I got now certified in to literally rewire your brain and help yourself to get access to your intuition, your inner knowing your inner guidance, so that you know, despite all the big threats and the anxiety and the grief and the trauma we collectively are all experiencing, that you can evolve into what I like to call now the juicy life leader. I was 
doing such a research in, in words because there are so many leadership models out there from servant leader to a holistic leader to evolved leader, teal leadership. There's so much out there. So the first thing I discovered, everyone was talking about leadership and this syllable ship, it's so abstract, it's academic and people are not really connecting with that. So the first thing I did was I put the leader, you and you beloved listener and you and you, I put the leader, the specific human being in the center of my research and my work. And watching what was going on in 2020, where the pandemic has functioned like a magnifying glass, showing us very clearly what was working in our societies and what was not working, I realized, wow, happy leaders are better leaders. I say this again because this is now at the bottom of the Juicy Life Leader philosophy. Your happiness as a leader is the biggest gift to the world because people who are in pain who hurt emotionally psychologically they hurt others and we saw that in in the recent years how many decisions were fear and pain based and how much sadly pain they triggered in others mm -hmm. so a juicy life leader is a leader who understands to be top successful and professional doesn't mean that they stop being human It doesn't mean to separate private life from professional life. It doesn't mean to sacrifice your love life, your sex life, your family on the altar of your career or work or money. For me, the big switch between the patriarchy and now the post-patriarchal gender partnership world is that we all have to redefine what success means for us. Mm. In the past, it was power, status, and money. Mm. In the future, money and power will still be important, but they will not the defining characteristics of success. They become a tool. Mm. I use my money and my power to do good, mm. but money and power is not the end goal, the result of my work. Yeah. Fulfillment, happiness, juiciness, leading a juicy life, which is ever fashioned with joy, with where I feel I come to life. Mm. That is what I'm standing for and what my clients are seeking Beautiful. to be happy leaders because happy leaders are better leaders. Happy leaders are definitely better leaders. And, you know, one of the things that you said there, and we only have a couple minutes left, but it reminded me of the book that I read a while ago called Power Versus Force by Dr. David, I can't remember his name, but we'll put it in the show notes for people. There is this movement afoot that is an evolutionary movement, species-wide, of moving from power over to power with. Yes. And so we can use our power and our money with each other and with our creative capacity to emerge out of this juicy to emerge out of this as a, a new generation of humanity, like literally an evolutionary leap from Homo sapien to the next level, which I like to call Homo luminous, where we are actually creating a reality based upon our highest aspirations. And we are doing it collaboratively and in a powerful way with marrying our creativity and our power and our money together in service to this bigger picture. So we have one minute left. So in the last minute, is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience before you go, Sylvia? 
I want you, beloved listener, to really, really not only know, but feel that you matter. You matter. How you feel, how you think, and your actions, they matter and they make a difference. Beautiful. I love that. We are at the dawning of the creative age, and those of us who are remembering to honor ourselves and to honor our calling and to actively engage in the evolutionary process are all dancing together now and weaving together now in the most beautiful of ways. And so I'm so grateful that you were able to weave a little bit of your artistry and magic in with me today in service to the highest good of all, including our listening audience. Thank you so much for being with me today, Sylvia. It's been my honor and my pleasure. I don't know about the rest of you ladies, but I definitely feel activated from our time together. And I want to just remind you listeners that we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at Wickedly Smart Women. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.